Welcome to Avid Watchers. My name is Mary-Kate Cheetah. My name is Adam Nix. And today we are going to be discussing the 2020 film Wonder Woman 1984, um, which just came out in theaters and HBO Max on Christmas Day. Um, So the film stars Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. This is the second Wonder Woman film. Um, And also Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, Kristen Wiig as Barbara, and Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. Um, So do we want to just dive right into our questions or any like, you know, beginning thoughts? Some background on the movie. I mean, usually I think we just dive into the plot and stuff, but I feel like this one's so interesting because it's one of the first few that's been that, you know, theater and digital release at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the first one where um, where Warner Brothers was like, okay, let's just release Wonder Woman on Christmas Day, like at home, because no one's going to the movie theaters anymore. And the theaters obviously got really pissed off about it. So, I mean, it's too early to tell, but I'll be super interested to see what the numbers are or like how well this movie did compared to what they thought if it was only going to be in theaters, because every movie that's coming out this year from from Warner Bros is coming out on HBO Max now and this is kind of the first of that group of movies so wow um it's interesting but yeah just thought some little context there would be nice um but yeah let's just jump in i mean like, okay <laughs> <laughs> can we just start off by saying <clears throat> yeah this movie was so freaking long yeah. Okay, two and a half hours. I and saw something that was like, was <laughs> nothing left on the cutting room floor? Yes, <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh. It literally no felt like we were, I was watching bloopers in the first half of the movie. <laughs> um, but that is really kind of like the beginning, at least for me. It's like, I liked, so it starts out with Diana as a kid. So they're back on, on the island where she grew up with all the other um, like warrior women and she's like participating in this competition and it's this really beautiful like shots of her like running through like this like paradise and like racing and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. um and it was actually pretty fun to watch um and then it moves from that intro to another intro where it was her like doing this kind of goofy kind of comic booky um save the day moment in a in an 80s mall um yeah and it was like a and that's when i was like what is this movie gonna be like what? yeah and like so they have two really long intros here to start yeah. the movie out um and i liked the first one but i don't think it was yeah. necessary for the movie in the long run the second one i thought was just like really dumb i, I get it was like a callback to like comic books i think but like yeah it was just unnecessary but i mean she these people are basically uh robbing a shop where there's like this kind of like um black market uh antiques business going on in the background of like old artifacts and stuff and that yeah. sets up the plot for the movie um but wonder woman comes in and Ooh. stops the thing from happening necessary. yeah and like they then the smithsonian collects all of these old artifacts um what were your thoughts on those that that kind of double intro there i feel like so I guess for some context, like the first Wonder Woman, I absolutely loved. And I actually saw it like three times in theaters. And I thought it was just such a good movie. And the part where um, like the first scene in the first movie where you see like young Diana and she sees all these fighters and she wants to be a fighter too. And it's kind of like the first time you see her. I got really emotional the first time I watched it, like not realizing how I didn't realize how hard it would hit me. Like, oh, wow. Like I watched like so many of these superhero movies and I've never really felt represented before, like as like a main character in a superhero film. Like there hadn't really been that that I'd seen. I know that they had existed before. Well, not not within the the current like like run of in of superhero movies right like right wonder that first wonder woman was just like a woman lead like just being really badass in a very good movie so like yeah I, like 
I think everybody was riding this wave from the first one being like, oh, we're so pumped to have her back, you know, like. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I was I think in a way I was happy to see like be back on Themyscira and like be like back with those like awesome fighting women <laughs> on this island of just women and stuff like at that part was cool. But I also do think that they tried to like tie it in to the rest of the movie, which you would have to do to include it. And then I thought that that next scene where she's like saving people around town, I was like, I don't need it. (laughs) Right. It's like, I mean, Wonder Woman isn't like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, right? Like she's, (laughs) which is that what that scene kind of felt like. Also, like, I think you're, you're kind of spot on where they like, the, those scenes in the first movie with that crew were awesome. And I feel like this next movie was like, all right, we got to get Robin right back in here. Like, how do we <laughs> how do we like somehow figure out how to get her back in? And then they just <laughs> threw in that beginning scene. And it was a really nice scene, but it should have been like like a short or something separate from the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't make a ton of sense, but I, I do think it was a better intro than the her mall thing right just pick one though right like right yeah that one or that like (laughs) yeah that's that's a good point um yeah i so uh, well okay let's just jump in (laughs) yeah well i mean obviously like i think from these first like moments and we kind of we chatted very briefly about this yesterday but both of us were pretty disappointed by this movie yeah i definitely was not a huge fan it's not something I want to see again, for sure. Yeah. Um, Hot mess <laughs> Let's, comes let's just to jump mind. into the next thing then. So I think both of those openings were unnecessary. The mall opening, we we got the, you know, the plot started there, right? So like the, the, the spooky artifact that the camera kind of zooms in on, but I wasn't really sure which artifact they were actually pointing at when they like when they like foreshadowed it yeah like is the whole is the centerpiece of this movie so the smithsonian collects all this stuff and then you find out that diana um who's wonder woman works there and she runs into uh kristen wiggs character who's a who just recently started um and kristen wig uh, what, what's what's the uh character name barbara barbara who um She's basically a, an expert in a lot of these artifacts and is there to like kind of like try and learn more about this this mysterious artifact, which is like this stone with a big crystal in it. Um, and what she finds out is that you can make one wish on this crystal. And they're like, oh, what a bunch of heebie-jeebie nonsense. Like, this is <laughs> whatever. But Diane is like, I know what I'd wish for. And she secretly wishes for it. And then a little down the way after uh, Barbara gets to know Diana a little more through really drawn out scenes with really nice scenes of DC though. Like I want to have a drink on that bar, you know, where they, yeah. <laughs> they had a drink and like, and see like the Washington monument. Um, she basically ends up wishing that she is like Diana. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, like Kristen Wiig kind of plays her like, like a, like um, goofy kind of stumbling, like nice, but like kind of um, invisible, like dork. Yeah. Invisible. Um, Person. She feels invisible. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, she wishes on this stone again, just doing both. Everybody's doing it just because like, it's like when you wish on a shooting star, or like mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you just do it. Um, but they both wish, you know, on these stones and Diana, which you find out later, you kind of know that this is the case though, but that she wishes for Chris Pine's character to be with her again. Yeah. So want to jump, do we want to jump into the questions? See what we think? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so what was your favorite scene from the film uh, and why? I said my favorite scene was with when Steve is trying on all the different 80s clothes. Um, So that's Chris Pine trying out a bunch of different outfits. And then, like, it seems like maybe ad-libbing. I mean, it seemed like kind of maybe he did some of that stuff on his own, but I don't know. Um, and then Diana is kind of like commenting back to him, like, oh no, that's horrible or whatever. And I thought it was really a charming scene. And a lot of, a lot of what was so great about the first film was like their chemistry and like Chris Pine is just such like a great presence, um, that I thought that that was a cute scene. And honestly, like, I don't know, it didn't make 
a lot of that plot line, like of him coming back into a random person's body, um, was like very bizarre and like didn't like it was weird how like sh- nobody cared that this that this body was a person whose life was like whose like life his his body was taken over like he basically had no control over his own body anymore they were probably having sex so he was like basically they don't even touch on the moral impl- impl- implications of that like, like it, i was thinking being. that too i was like this is kind of messed up like like they're thinking about all these ways to like save these people and this and that it's like Chris Pine has literally taken over this person's body. Like this other person has ceased to exist for. They do not care. They yeah. do not care at all. <laughs> and they don't even mention it. Like, <laughs> I also found it very confusing. Like, I was like, yeah. when when Chris Pine is first shown, I was like, wait, so did he just turn into Chris Pine in the in in the moment there? And then finally, like, they show him in front of a mirror, which cleared it up. But I think it took way too long for me to realize, like what the magic was that was going on. It was on. very confusing. And then, like, she was like, all I can see is Steve. But it's like, okay, but really he doesn't look like him. You right. just see it like that. I don't know. It's weird. But Unless, like, unless she does actually see him like that because yeah. of the spell. I don't know. It just wasn't explained. That's so. true. <laughs> so ma- That's so true. Oh, well, I want to comment on the the cloth change, clothing changing one because I did, like, I like Chris Pine and I like him and I think it's funny and it was, like, cute. But I also just... Like, I think because of the context of the movie and I was so like at this point in the movie, I was I just wasn't feeling the vibe of it at all. Like I was just I didn't think it was funny. Like I was just like, okay, like it's another thing where I just like I'd rather see in like a little skit, you know, or like like uh, it's like, okay, I see this in the commercial and that's funny, you know, like but in the moment I was just like, is this still what we're doing? Like that scene went on for so long. And all I could think about was like two and a half hours. Like that's how long this movie is. And this is what they're going to like spend it on. <laughs> and it was like Chris Pine is great. You know, I love, it's fun seeing him jump in a bunch of 80s outfits and stuff. But I'm like, it's a time and a place or like you got to like, I don't even know. I, I was just like, I was kind of annoyed by it when I think if it was used right, you know, like it could have worked. But with the context of the movie and where I was at, I was like, this is dumb (laughs) (laughs) which is a bummer because i i I agree like in the first movie that kind of like that kind of dialogue and funness between those two people like worked really well but Mm -hmm. for some reason it just didn't work for me this time okay scrooge (laughs) i know i know um i uh my favorite scene i think is uh the in the second half of the movie, I think it really started kind of finding its footing a little bit. Um, and having like Pedro Pascal play this, like really just fall into this like crazy maniacal super villain um, was really fun. So him just being like, I want more. And like, cause at that point I was like kind of laughing at this movie and like I was, so I was into it at that point and there's like wind flying everywhere and like Pedro Pascal's like face is all like crazy looking and he's like, I love power. And he's just like screaming at everybody. Like, I love that. I mean, my favorite, and I know these are questions coming up, but like, Every scene with Pedro Pascal, like, were the best scenes in this movie. <laughs> they were really good. I think my, like, I guess maybe I'm not as versed in, like, the comic book, like, superhero world. Because, like, I've seen a lot of films, but it's not, like, my thing. I'm, not, like, an expert on it. But, like, I felt like his... What he was doing was very different from what everyone else was doing. So, like, the things he would do, like, we would literally laugh out loud at them. And I was like, are we supposed to be laughing out loud at him? Because isn't he supposed to be the bad guy and scary? Well, and that is that's what's so weird about this movie is like. Like the tone of Diana. So different from his. is completely different. Yeah, it's like. And even the setting and like the humor they go for is completely different from what Diana and Wonder Woman as a whole brings to the table. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, Pedro Pascal's character and I'm forgetting his name. Oh, Max. Max. Yeah. Maxwell um, Lord. Yeah. Max Lord. 
he is just like yanked out of like the 60s and 70s batman show you know where it's like which is which is known for its really like ridiculous tackiness but everybody's in on the tackiness you know like whereas in this one they're half tacky and then they have the other half is like sentimental like yeah and like her speech at the end yeah you know, that's why her speech at the end felt so together. out of place because just... then you've got her there and then pedro pascal <laughs> going wow like falling all over the place like it it's just... just i don't know it, and it's a bummer because on both sides of the table they have really good actors doing that like pedro pascal's doing that like wacky supervillain perfectly and diana is still playing the awesome wonder woman that I'd, like she can play and you yeah. got chris pine even but like how they tried to meld all that stuff like it didn't even seem like they tried to meld it like it just felt out of no, pl- felt oh my, out of place it was so half-assed yeah it was so and it just felt so like he was doing like it was like when they were in a scene together it was like they both thought they were in different movies like it was just like so like it just disjointed like the whole movie just felt disjointed and just like clunky and like and like they literally just threw in all their ideas into one pot, even if they didn't right. really go well together. Um, and I was okay. So, <laughs> did you say? Did you say what your favorite scene was? He said it was anything with Max Lord. In oh it. well, no. The well, the specific one was when he's like he's laughing at like uh, Diana, and there's wind blowing around him. <laughs> okay. And he's got his. Where like, was hands that wind coming there. from? Who knows? Who knows? They never explained it. I guess like it was like someone's wish, you know, like someone's one wish was to have wind blow around him or something like. (laughs) Okay, so your least favorite scene, I I said it was hard to pick, um, but (laughs) for some reason, for some reason, that scene where Max and Barbara are on a plane together and Barbara's like. I want to be the apex predator. Like I blah, blah, blah. I just like, I did not believe Kristen Wiig. Like I just like, I was like, I don't believe you. Like I don't. And also like, where is that coming from? Like what? I just have a lot of thoughts, but like one thought that kind of like leads into something else I think is like, I didn't understand why they had like two villains. Like they should have just had like one villain. And like Kristen Wiig's character was like, really like her like turn into evil like didn't make a ton of sense and like if they had explained more like what the spell was doing to her maybe it would have made more sense because like all of a sudden she was just like super evil and wanted to be like as evil as possible and it just like didn't make a lot of sense to me and then it was like I didn't believe her and like I just thought that scene on the plane was like the one scene where I was like I don't think you pulled that off well, but I love her. I just like that part. I just like, I was like, I don't believe you. Well, yeah. And I think you're like, you're spot on that. It's because they did such an awful job at explaining what this stone was or how it works in the larger, like universe. Mm -hmm. Um, So the stone gives you a wish and then it takes something in return. But I didn't know that was the case until like near the end of the movie like i was like oh or like when pedro pascal or, or oh max God. he starts walking around and he's like i'm gonna grant you this wish and then he suddenly says something really quick where he's like well i'm gonna take all your oil and this and oh that God, and i was we like what do you so mean confused we were I was like so what, what's happening here yeah. yeah so it's like they never explained any of this that when he's max is granting these wishes he automatically gets to take uh, something from them in return, which is what the stone was is doing in the first place. Yeah. And like building off of that, because Diana and Barbara made wishes on the stone, the stone picks something to take from them. And for Diana, it was her powers, which mm-hmm. I also didn't realize until Chris Pine literally said it out loud. And he's like, you're getting weaker because of the stone. I was like, wait, she's is that why her like the bullet hurt her? Like it I was, was so not explained. Confused. Yeah. And then Barbara's, which I didn't also didn't know until Diana just says it outright is the stone is taking away your humanity. Like, okay, so the stone just picks, like, really, like, convenient ways to, like, move these characters' stories forward. But it's, like, so Diana gets all her superpowers taken away, and Barbara gets her humanity taken away. But I wasn't sure if Barbara was taking Diana's superpowers away 
because of her that's wish what my mom or this thought, or that. And I was like, I don't think that's what it is. I think it I- was absolute nonsense. And like, <laughs> they didn't explain any of it. And also like, you have to have like, when you're, when you decide to make a movie that's so heavy on exposition where it's like, or so like heavy on wishes and like this random magic that doesn't seem to make any sense. You have to have a lot of exposition to explain what that actually means and how it works in the universe. But they didn't do any of that, like that legwork to actually explain how these wishes work. Like why when Pedro Pascal, Max, um, tells everybody in the world to make a wish, like think of all the wishes that could have been made that would just screw up everything. Right. Right. So what if someone wishes that the world explodes or, you know, what if or like would people really just like rescind their wishes? Like it just there they had to line the plot up in such a specific way that felt super unrealistic because of like having to explain them out of holes that like this wish logic puts in place. Yeah, I sorry, that was a little bit of a rant, but like I was like amazed by how poorly they did that. I was going to say something and I forget. Oh, yeah. So they wanted it to be like a reveal that the stone takes something from you when you make a wish. And I feel like they shouldn't have had that be a reveal. That should have been something that we understood from the beginning because it was super confusing when Pedro Pascal was like, cool, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. And we were like, yeah, we were like, is he like, how is he doing that? Like. As far as we knew, the only thing he was capable of doing was giving people wishes. So we didn't understand how, like, he had this other magical element where he could just get whatever he wanted from them. Like, we were just very confused. It's like a common part of wishes or, like, the monkey paw story, you know, where it's like the monkey paw curls and then you get your wish, but, like, something bad happens to you. And they say that briefly in the movie, but, like... Uh, I thought it for for a while. I thought it was just like um, something that we'd find out later. Like, so Diana made this wish on the rock, and then they would tell us, like the movie would tell us, "Hey, this is this is what happens with that wish," you know. But instead, they 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 make it seem like we were supposed to know the bad part of that wish for like an hour before they actually tell us. <laughs> If that so makes sense. Like, yeah. I was like, well, we never knew that. Like, yeah. come on, like, let us know what's going on here. <laughs> totally. And then like Pedro Pascal, like what was taken away from him when he wished to become the stone? Mm. Like, it seems like he just like. I mean, he kind of became evil, but. But there wasn't any like specific thing, right? I don't think so. Uh, who knows, man? Um, did you did you have like a specific scene that was your least favorite? So again, like everything I take from this movie, I think is just like Pedro Pascal's character because I guess I really liked him. And they did so well with turning him into this wacky villain like we already talked about. And then the very last like portions of time he has here is like they decide to throw in this like montage of a backstory for of him growing up and like having parents that were like mean to him and like and then he like somehow <laughs> flies on a helicopter in like two seconds to find his son in the middle of like a field what was that um, and he's like i love you like uh <laughs> like his like little redemption arc that at the flashback end. of his life was the weirdest yeah i was like what ever. is this like you you leaned so heavily into this like wacky like like super villain and then you just threw it all in the window for like two minutes of a backstory like you could you didn't need any of that like have him like turn into dust or turn into the stone or just like you know i don't know it was super weird super weird (laughs) and it bummed me out that like they just didn't keep leaning into that because like there was no like he didn't deserve any kind of redemption. Like they didn't build up any kind of backstory for him before that, besides like a down on his luck sales guy <laughs> or like con man, you know? So I was, right. it was just like, why did you do this? Like, I don't know. Like, am I supposed to feel like bad for him? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I certainly didn't like he knew everything he was doing. Like he was trying yeah. to find that stone so that he could do exactly what he did. It wasn't like he accidentally fell into it and was like, oh, no, 
I guess I'll just run with it. Like it was like he was trying to do what he did. Yep. Um, I just keep seeing <laughs> stuff about how he has a line at the end. He says, I'm not a great guy. In fact, I'm a pretty messed up loser guy. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like, this is the best written line in modern cinema. Oh, I'm pretty messed up loser guy. Oh, God. Like my- and somehow, like, I, I still think Pedro Pascal pulls it off, pulls out the oh, shitty no, acting. He and sure like does. He's like the, the bad, like, writing and all of that. And, like, I just loved watching him. But uh, it was more just the writing. I was like, why would you put this in here? Like, any any of this? Why did you? I don't know. <laughs> good um so this is funny because favorite and least favorite character well for you i know who your favorite is (laughs) max lord yeah i'll die for him (laughs) um (laughs) i i would probably not say him which is controversial at this point but um i think i'm just i don't know i was gonna say steve trevor because i just love chris pine's like performance in it but like not in this one necessarily because he's really just like he's just there like that's the best way to describe it it's like he's just by diana's side he's just kind of there but uh i think least favorite would probably have to be barbara just because i feel like like i said like they should have either like gone all the way in on her being the villain and like really developed her or they shouldn't have had her in it because it was just like I don't know if you felt the same way, but it was like, go, go all in on one of the villains. Don't like go half in on one of them. And you know what I mean? Right. Well, and like, I don't know. She had such a small time in the spotlight once she like reached her apex predator, you know, form or whatever. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, I know she, I'm pretty sure she's like a a big villain in the like comic book universe of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So I'd just be curious what uh, for people who don't do know, you know, who Barbara is as a character in those comic books, if there was any kind of justice done to that character, because it is like I think if you take a step back from like how poorly explained everything was and all of that, like she is an interesting character going from like this, like kind of quirky Smithsonian kind of like a. Uh, um scientist who like this like cougar like person who's like i don't know like, like i want to see a whole movie of her and diana just going at it right no, but instead we got like five minutes of that it was so um, funny too because diana was constantly like please barbara like just be a good person and renounce, renounce your wish and barbara just keeps going never <laughs> and that happens like a million times where i'm like diana give up on trying to make her turn around like it's not gonna happen like <laughs> yep <laughs> um my favorite thing is i read um the ringer did like exit surveys with a bunch of their staff and the the thing says a staff-wide attempt to figure out what Pedro Pascal was doing, whether Kristen Wiig was a cat's extra, and whether or not w- Wonder Woman 84 is good, good, bad, or just bad. But I love the part <laughs> about um, if Kristen Wiig is a cat's extra. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I didn't even think about that, but that's spot on. Because, <laughs> like, she turns into this, like, cheetah-type animal and in the end and, like, fights Diana, and it's like... Like we, I don't know, I watched it with my parents and my sister and we were just like, what? Why Why is she a cheat all of a sudden? Like we were just like, how did we get here? And why did she get like a second wish? I guess so, you do once Pedro Pascal is the stone. I don't he know. basically like gave her some of the wishes. Like it was very weird. Uh, I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I, I, I agree, Barbara as well. But I like... It bums me out because, you know, like I said, I think there were there was something there if you just gave it more time. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, why so many people got like frustrated or annoyed with Spider-Man three way back when. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that one, but it's like I didn't. It's basically they throw like five or six villains all in in one movie 
and none of them have time to shine. You know, I, I think it's actually what DC has run into issues with in the past. Like, and I haven't seen very many DC movies just because I always hear they're not great. So bad. Um, yeah. But it's like they threw Justice League out there before um, any of like those movies were made. You know, Aquaman was there before. I think the Aquaman movie came out after justice league if i'm if i'm remembering I right i think so and maybe wonder woman came out after justice league i'm not sure but it's like no they didn't take I the time to right. develop these movies so we did our favorite and least favorite characters yep did you do yours yeah i i said barbara as well okay <laughs> so we did our favorite and least favorite characters was there anything that you didn't see coming or anything that you predicted I mean, none of the I, movie made any sense, so, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I could not have predicted what was to come. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like... Barbara turning saw, evil, but I think I saw that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I knew that she was going to be evil. But I think I, even if I didn't see the trailer, I think, I mean, I would have known. Yeah. My sister turned to me at one point. And she was like, you said she was going to be the villain and she's not. So, like, you should, like, like, look into your facts. Or <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like I just had like like I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. But I was I just kind of had this like blind faith in it because the first one was so good. Yep. That I was like, okay, whatever they do, like, they've got it. Like, they've got it figured out. <laughs> and then I realized that one of the things I thought I felt like was missing was that in the first movie, they, they kind of assemble this, like, ragtag team of, like, people to, like, complete this mission kind of thing. And I think for me, I missed, like, these side characters that were, like, helping her and kind of, like, they were her friends and they were trying to like figure it all out together, like teamwork. Like I missed that aspect. That's of a good it. point. I mean, most of the movie was just like Diana and Steve. Yeah. Right. And then like jumping into Barbara and Max every once in a while. Yeah. I like missed like the team aspect of it, I guess. And like having side characters that you really love. And I, I missed that part of it. Um, I think the, thinking about it a little more i wanted to mention it at some point and i guess it kind of fits into this question here is um what surprised me is like how little it being in the 80s mattered to the film as a whole like yeah you had the scene with uh chris pine dressing up in all the different outfits you had the mm -hmm. montage at the beginning in the mall scene which was all like hey look we're in the 80s it's and then the 80s. <laughs> every once in a while there'd be little like reminders you'd say it's the 80s, remember? It's the 80s. And then the rest of the movie, it could have been any decade. Like, it didn't matter. You know, and usually totally. when you decide to do a period piece like that, it's like the period is supposed to be like a really heavy set piece. And that didn't matter at all. No. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, any major reason this would have to be set in the 80s, and I can't think of one. I wonder if, like... There were a lot of con men in the 80s trying to, like, make, like, cheesy videos. Yeah, I mean, that's kind like, of an 80s thing. And, like, his whole, like, yeah. get up and the haircut. And, like, was there is it, was it, like, an oil boom in the 80s or something? I don't know. Something about oil. I don't really know. <laughs> but um, maybe it was something with that as well. And I don't know. Maybe totally it's just, uh, like... I'm assuming this comes from like a maybe it's a Wonder Woman comic book that was Wonder Woman 1984. But I mean, a comic book, if they've got a bunch of issues, they I'm willing to bet they took a lot of their time and just kind of being like this, like the drawings and everything were very 80s, I bet. But that's just me guessing. I have, I have no idea what right. the original comic was like. Um, So I feel like we've already discussed what we would change about the plot. I mean, for me, like I wanted her to have more of like a team. And I also would have wanted just one villain because I felt like Kristen Wiig was an interesting character, but she wasn't like dove into enough. Um, 
and it was just kind of messy. Like the, I feel like the messiest scene of all of them was when Pedro Pascal goes to the president, <laughs> which like we were just like we were so confused. We were like, "What is he doing? Like, why is he doing that?" And then like when he did it, it was like okay. And then <laughs> we all when the, when Pedro Pascal was like, "What do you wish for?" And the president, we were like. We, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's going to wish for peace. And he's like, more nukes. <laughs> I was like, shit. Um, I was like, why didn't I see that coming? Um, and then uh, Pedro Pascal is confronted by Wonder Woman and Steve. And they, like, start fighting him. And then all of a sudden, Kristen Wiig shows up and she's got, like, platinum blonde hair. And she's, like, very different. And then she's also fighting them for we don't know why. I mean, like, she wants to stop them from stopping him, I guess. But it's just kind of like, okay, he clearly used you to get that stone. And now you're, like, Team Max. And it just was, like, very weird. And, like, then, like, Kristen Wiig starts, like, like fighting these like police officers and then like Wonder Woman's trying to save them while she's fighting them. And like, and then you said that part where she like is like, oh, but you lost your goodness. And like that whole scene is just like an absolute mess. And like Steve Trevor is just like trying to fight them, but he's just like there. Like he has no real purpose. Like he doesn't have superpowers. Like he's just trying to help. And like it's just That's the other it's thing. It's like so I know we're getting off course with constantly talking about the messiness in this movie, but it's like, it's hard not to. So let's go to Steve for a second here. Like, why does Diana feel the need to drag him around everywhere? He's useless. Like, just because you're like lonely, you want to spend our time with him? Like, oh, you don't have a passport? Let's steal a plane from the Smithsonian instead. Like, what? <laughs> why? And also, how were you ever... One, why do you have this like security clearance to have access to every single airplane? Okay. Two, <laughs> even if Steve's a pilot, it's not like a one size fits all for planes. Okay. You okay, can't just okay. know how to work every single plane. You are from the 1920s. Okay. Or the like 1910s. It's like, you will not know how this plane works. And three, you cannot get to Egypt that fast. I'm pretty sure like that doesn't, doesn't work that way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't okay, know. That okay. was ridiculous. <laughs> I have to read you something um, from that Ringer article that I mentioned that I just thought was so funny. It says it was a little hard to follow the logic when they decided that the best way to get to Egypt would be to steal a jet, throw Steve in the cockpit and hope that planes hadn't changed since 1918. It is safe to fly. Is it safe to fly through fireworks? Steve literally didn't know what fireworks were. And then he flew through. Right. Them. I was like, this, this also, is not how fireworks work. <laughs> also, how did he not know what fireworks were? America had been celebrating Independence Day with fireworks in 1777. Also a conversation me and Cassie had in the middle that we're like, <laughs> he knows what fireworks are. Like we, <laughs> but like regardless of if or if he didn't know what they were, which he should have known, why did he fly through things that would blow up a plane? I just don't understand. Also, it's like fireworks look like that from a distance. If you're flying through fireworks, it's just going to be flames like flying at your point. Like it's not going to look pretty. It's going to be terrifying. <laughs> god and then like what did she think was gonna happen when she stole a plane like i just there was and she's like well conveniently i learned this trick where i can turn our plane invisible um <laughs> but so what was the question again <laughs> so the question was what would you change about the plot Oh, yeah, I see, like, I just don't even know where to begin. I, I would like, scratch it, it all if and you, restart. If, if you had to make one, <laughs> yes, if you had to make one, like, if, I, if, if you had to make one easy fix, like, to at least make the, make things a little more, like, understanding, or make it, make it easier to understand, I would cut out both of the beginning sequences um, so you don't get the island scene, Robin Wright, I'm sorry, but you're not in this movie. Um, you don't get the mall scene and instead the whole first portion, that whole intro would be with like, like some short of like someone working with the stone and explaining really thoroughly what the stone is and like how wishes yeah. work with it. You know, like, like a, like a flashback to like the last person who had the stone and like, 
and fell prey to it or something like that. So then you go from the rest of the movie to like basically say like, okay, we know exactly how this stone works when Diana comes in contact with it. Yeah, you, you miss out on a couple little like like reveals, but it wouldn't be like to the detriment of the movie. And I think it would stop me from having to ask a lot of the questions I was asking through it. Still wouldn't have been a good movie, but yeah, at least I'd be less like confused. <laughs> that we were so misinformed or like uninformed about the stone, it took away from the experience because we were constantly confused. We were like, why is mm-hmm. like why did she just get shot and she's acting like it really hurts her? Like she's Wonder Woman, shouldn't she be fine? Like, but my mind didn't go to, oh my god, she's losing her powers. It was I was just confused. <laughs> like, it was just right. yeah. It took away from it a bit. Um, I feel like I've said all, all I have to say about that, about changing the plot throughout this <laughs> already, but, um, <laughs> this is a pretty easy one. Which actor or actress won the movie? Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I definitely agree with that. And was He's, it, did I convince you or did you go into this thinking that? No, I think he definitely won the movie. I feel like, I feel like I was a little confused on like what movie he thought he was in but (laughs) (laughs) but now i'm realizing that that's kind of a superhero villain thing that has happened in other movies so it was like something he was trying to achieve that wasn't completely out of nowhere like you know it had an end goal but yeah, so I thought he did really well. I I did think he made me laugh out loud at several moments. At, at the time, I didn't know that he was maybe trying to make me laugh. Well, and we might never know. <laughs> we might never know. <laughs> um, I yeah, think he I, knew what he was doing. Yeah, hopefully. I think so. But also, like, I just really like him in general. Like, he was great in Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of... He he's the he's the Mandalorian too, which is funny because for most of the Mandalorian, he besides like one scene in the first season, and I don't know about the second because I haven't finished it. But like, there's only one scene where he doesn't have his helmet on, but he's still like a good actor in that. Um, so I'm a bit of a Pedro Pascal fan going into it, but like, this is such a different role for him, and it's just so goofy and weird. And like, yeah, I thought he did really well for what was given to him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I just say as well, there's like a, a tweet that's like all of us who wanted a Wonder Woman sequel. And then it's a picture of one of the people going, I renounce my wish. (laughs) (laughs) I just really enjoy that. Um, but anyways, um, so is there any actor or actress that you would recast? And if so, do you have like a person in mind to replace them? Um, do you do you have a thought on this? So I actually like even though Barbara was like kind of our least favorite character, I liked Kristen Wiig in that role. Like and I know like you mentioned that at the end when she was like the apex predator, like it didn't really work for you. But like I yeah. think that was more the writing than her. Like I thought she did a good job from going like from her like the expected quirky personality to like Mm -hmm. when she was like really menacing on the sidewalk, like beating that guy up. Like, I thought like her as an actress did a good job and like the writing and stuff just wasn't there for her. So I hope that like she has more serious roles and gets stuff like this in the future because I think she can do it. Um, If there's one I would recast. There's so few characters in the movie that matter, so it's kind of hard to say. (laughs) so true but like i don't oh i know i just thought of two now okay you go because i can't really think of one okay so i would recast Kristen wig and honestly i want to say that i don't think it's her fault for how, how i feel i think that it's just like i can't get her like her other roles out of my head when like, cassie think, said the same thing but it's like you need... i think she probably did a great job i yeah. just can't get past it what were you gonna say? Well, you just you need a, especially when you're going from like Kristen Wiig, who's like a national icon for like goofy SNL skits and like a lot of goofy movies. It's like I feel like it takes some time to like move, you know, to like that new role. You know, like Jonah Hill right. does all these serious movies now, and so does Steve Carell. Like I feel like it's yeah. There's like this like weird limbo area for those actors where you have to 
knock out like three or four. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Before totally. you get there. That's very true. I feel like for me, I'm still like, oh, stop it. Yeah. You're just kidding. <laughs> like you're joking. Um, so that was probably just for me. It was just like a personal problem. <laughs> but um, the other thing is this is so shallow, but this is what came to mind. So the guy, oh, I, I read something too. So the guy whose body was taken over by Steve, um, I love how they're like at the end, they just like have a nice moment where they're like talking or whatever, you know, hurt him and Diana and everyone. I like saw something that was like, I feel like his life would have been ruined. Like he would have gotten fired for like never showing up to work. And like, like he would have had like serious issues that like he couldn't remember all of this time in his life. And like, he just acted like everything was fine. And she was just like, Hey, what's up? Okay. So that part was all weird. They didn't acknowledge <laughs> that like his life would have been ruined by this, but also sorry, but can you get recast someone hotter if he's the new love interest? <laughs> Ouch. If he's but yeah, if, I agree. If he's the new love interest, which I don't think he should be, because like poor guy's been through enough. Um if if that's who it is though, just like a little bit. Like if you're gonna have Chris Pine, like the follow-up is gonna have to be like pretty good. You know what I mean? I think I can't see anything else coming out of this movie besides the DC saying let's just kind of pretend it didn't happen and you honestly if there's one good thing moving forward because I mean Wonder Woman 3 is already in production I'm glad they're going to continue make Wonder Woman I mean obviously they will I think every yeah. superhero franchise uh, gets one bad one you know like they, they that's okay sure. you know um, I think that they'll probably just pretend none of this happened because like nothing really major happened Besides Diana getting over Steve, oh, by the end in terms of her own, yeah, (laughs) she learned how to fly. And she wore that cool uh, armor. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Like nothing happened with it, right? Like it's like like her actual character development, like probably could have like everything she made in that two and a half hours, probably like could have you you could you could come to terms with the fact that she solved that part of her character over the last yeah. 60 years that she's been alive since Steve died, you know, or something That's like very that. That's <laughs> um, Okay. So for our avidity rating. Um, Wait, was, what was that? What was the last question there? I don't think I even answered it. Oh, about recasting. Oh, wait. Okay. I wasn't sure, but I did think of one. Um, oh, okay. Go ahead. So, you know, the drunk guy that always like, like, like tried to attack Kristen Wiig a couple times. Yeah. I think he should be recasted as Russell Crowe. I think he kind of looks like Russell Crowe. And I, was, I thought he was Russell Crowe for a second, but he wasn't. And I think Russell Crowe would have been perfect for that role. So I feel like maybe in a few years, I don't know if he's that desperate yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think for my avidity rating, um, Oh, it's hard. It's not at the same time, but I feel like I'm going to be. I don't know if you see something really different. I'm changing mine, but I'm saying 45 out of 100. Is that generous? Um, I was going to say for 40. Yeah, 40 out of 45. Yeah. See, I want to look at our like. Stuff again, because I mean. I wouldn't recommend this. I think fans of superhero movies in general would think that this is a slog. I think fans of Wonder Woman are probably frustrated, like super yeah. frustrated. Um, I totally agree with that. I don't even think genre fans would like this movie. If you're looking for like, you know, like you want like a like a superhero woman, uh, superhero uh, movie that has a woman as a lead and like. You've got Black Widow coming out soon, which looks pretty cool. Um, Is that coming out soon? I thought it was coming out in the next year on Disney. Um, I I liked Captain Marvel. I know some people didn't like it. I thought that movie rocked. Of course, it's not like (laughs) it's just like um, this movie was just bad. There's no reason to watch it. (laughs) But I guess, you know, you mentioned that idea of it being like... um, like bad good and as we're talking about this like i'm laughing my ass off over here like 
talking <laughs> through it. And it is funny to talk about. And there are moments near the end where it is really funny to watch how bad it is. And if they could just shorten it to like an hour and 45 minutes, <laughs> so cut out a large chunk of that movie, I think it would be fun to watch. And I do think in the last hour or so, when you had Wonder Woman flying, the fight with Kristen Wiig, um, that like portion there of her kind of actually getting the chance to just fight and stuff, like it, it was at least more enjoyable to watch. Like it found its footing a little bit in having Diana like fight a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. I felt like because I watched it with my parents, and my sister, and it was over and they were like, oh, that was nice. We liked that. And I was like, I don't feel that way. Like, I feel like I'm just I have so many thoughts and like I just and they were like, oh, the critic. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> and I just felt like I was like, am I crazy? Like, was that good? Like, was I supposed to feel like that was good? It's really bad. No, you're, you're okay. <laughs> and so I'm just so relieved to be able to talk about this with you because I felt crazy for a little bit. I was like, why did I not like it? And everyone else did. Like, what is wrong with me? Am I too cynical? <laughs> like, well, and if like, usually it's like, if I don't want someone to see a movie or I don't recommend it, I'm like, well, if you're desperate to see this type of movie or you're like, if you just loved Wonder the first Wonder Woman and have to see more of her, I guess, but I can't see how anybody could go into this if they liked the first Wonder Woman and be be happy with it. Like you'd probably be, be more satisfied. disappointed than if you just like totally. let the first movie exist alone. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm interested too because I'm going to watch the first one pretty soon here because one of my roommates hasn't seen the first one. And so we're going to watch the first one and then they're going to watch the second one and I'm not going to join in because I cannot do it again. No, there's no way. <laughs> But um, I mean, I just like I pause it every once in a while to like grab a beer or like like get up and go to the bathroom. And like every time I pause it, I was like, there's that much of the movie left. Like (laughs) like it was like it was it was a mental effort to pick up the remote and press play again. (laughs) (laughs) How could they have gone so wrong? You know, it was rough. Like so, so good. Like probably like. Not even just for me, but for other people, like top superhero movies that have come out in the past 10 years. And there have been so many. And it's like top five. probably. And honestly, it's it's you hate to see it. You hate to see (laughs) it. You hate to see it because Wonder Woman had a lot on its shoulders from being the first one. Like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, like being the first like one of the first movies of this kind of generation of superhero movies to be like a female lead. And it was really good. And this comes after just like an awful run of DC movies that were just like either just okay or just completely tanked. And Wonder Woman is the first one where they were like, hey, we actually made a superhero movie that people are really enjoying. Um, Right. So to have this one fail is just kind of a bummer to see, I guess. It kind of, I think for me, like, because I literally have not seen another DC superhero movie besides Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. because I just kept hearing how bad they were. So I was like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to see them. And I feel like I'm for the first time I'm seeing what those other movies are like. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, is this what the right, other ones maybe, are like? <laughs> maybe if you've seen the other DC movies, you'll go into it with expectations that we don't have. Since I only watched Wonder right. Woman, I saw Superman when it came out forever ago. And I liked that, you know. Um, but like it wasn't anything truly amazing. And, but I never saw Batman vs Superman. I never saw Justice League, Aquaman. Uh, I like I haven't seen any of them. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's some context to DC movies that we don't get. But based on what you've been reading and what I've been seeing about the general um, public opinion of this movie, is that we're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, I feel a lot less crazy at this point. Um, but it's also. It's also good to know, like, I feel like I always I'm always curious about how who you watch a movie with can impact how you see the movie. And it's good to know that even though everyone around me liked it, I was still like, there was something off about that. (laughs) Like, that just didn't seem right. Like that just like it was so just it was just what's the it was just it was just disjointed. Like, that's what it felt like. It was just like something was off about it. There's like all these random things. Well, and it's together. almost hard it's to just... pinpoint because it feels like they got like everything wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like because sometimes you can say, oh, this movie had bad editing or the acting was bad or while wow, the writing was her bits like 
the acting I think was good. I think they had a bunch of good actors there. Yeah. I think the writing was bad. The editing was weird. The plot development was weird. And then like you get that weird kind of like gut reaction to movies when I think it's just really paced poorly and doesn't make any sense. So it's like when you have all of that together, yeah, you leave the movie and you're just like, where do I even begin? Like uh, it just it literally made me uncomfortable. (laughs) I know it made me uncomfortable, too. That's so interesting that we both felt like that. Okay, so let's move on. I feel like I have all I have said all I need to say. Do you feel like that as well? Yeah, I'm just glad that I get you in a uh, as a negative of a mindset as me for this episode. You know, we just <laughs> both got to shit on everything for an hour. <laughs> no, believe me, I was there already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all right, so let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, I feel like I've been watching less than normal, which is weird for me. But I finished a show called 12 Dates of Christmas. And I can't remember how much I've already talked to you about it, but it's like a dating show. And it's about like these it has three leads and they're all trying to bring someone home for Christmas and they have like different dates with different people and it was not great it was like basically trying to be the bachelor bachelorette but like didn't do a good job with it like instead of giving out roses they gave out presents because it was like Christmas themed and like they had these like so, like such awkward moments where like they'd be on a date with someone else and another person would show up. And this happened all the time. And then the new person would be like, can you give us some time alone? So like on your date with the person, you would have to leave. And like <laughs> the date was over because this other person showed up and that happened constantly. <laughs> and it was just so uncomfortable, like one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. And it was just like not – I just thought it wasn't set up well and it was just – it was, it was something else, but um, watched that. And then also I watched a film called I Used to Go Here, which stars Gillian Jacobs. Is it Gillian or Gillian? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Gillian, I think. Gillian Jacobs. And um, it was it's on HBO, I believe. And it's like an indie film. And I had it on my list to watch it because I thought it looked cute. Um, Jermaine Clement is also in it, who I love from um, What We Do in the Shadows and other things. Um, And I just thought it was kind of like... It was very, like, typical indie movie. Sure. Like, cute, like had had interesting things to say but like it ended and we felt like it was very abrupt and we were like oh okay it's it's over i guess that's done like it was just like a weird like we just don't re- we didn't really know what to to take from it i guess in the end but i i don't know it's hard for me to say whether or not i'd recommend it cuz like i feel like if you watched it it wouldn't be a waste of your time like it would be like an enjoyable experience but it also wouldn't be like a life-changing just a little for, like forgettable yeah yeah like i thought it was a little bit forgettable but it it was it definitely had like a lot of good aspects to it but i do think it was a bit forgettable but yeah that's me yes um so i'm still trucking away at the mandalorian i still think that show rocks um the most recent episode uh that i watched um brought in a character that i was super excited to see um but i don't want to say too much but i really still think you need to watch that show <laughs> i don't know why you haven't um i guess you could say that to me about like every show i haven't watched right now though because i am kind of behind sure. on that stuff um so I, i'm gonna probably finish that up this week um and then I've got HBO Max now because of Wonder Woman, and I got to get some use out of this free trial of a week I've got. So, um, <sighs> I or maybe it wasn't. Maybe I actually signed up for a month. Um, but uh, I I, I want to watch Raised by Wolves. Like it keeps telling myself I'm going to watch this show. It's supposed to be really good, kind of like Alien. Um, so I've got that on my list to watch next. Um, the other recommendation I have is not actually f- media related. 
but I recently started getting wrist and hand pain and stuff from working from home, you know, like a new desk setup and whatnot. And uh-huh. I got a vertical mouse, like an ergonomic mouse. Um, and I just feel like mean? everybody, what was that? Can I see it? Yeah. I know this isn't really podcast material, but if anybody's <laughs> interested, it's the Logitech, Logitech, like vertical mouse. Wow. Yeah. So it looks really f- weird and fancy and they are, they are okay. kind of expensive, but like. Maybe we'll add a picture of it to our Instagram post. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not getting, I wish I was getting paid to get you guys to yeah. buy this, but no one cares about our podcast. Yeah, for so. sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but um, Logitech, Logitech, if you want, here for you. Yeah, if you want us to sponsor it, uh, uh, your, your mice, <laughs> then gladly, I, I will. Gladly. Um, but no, I mean, like, I think it's just something super important to make sure that like you have an ergonomic setup for your desk. If people are like at home a lot more like I am because of COVID, um, so, yeah, make sure you're taking care of yourself if you're sitting on a chair for, like, 10 hours a day. Um, this is called Adam's PSA Corner. Yes, honestly. Yeah, like, I, I got, like, a really long mouse pad, too, like, so that, like, you're not, you're moving your hand around a lot more freely. Um, yeah, take care of your body. Because all of a yeah, sudden, don't... my hand and wrist hurt, like, a ton. And it's, it's it went away in, like, a week. Kind of still a little weird, but for the most part, like, these pains went away in, like, a week. But... It probably means I should have had this set up like months ago. So even if you don't have any hand or wrist pain or back or neck pain, make sure you have an ergonomic setup at your desk. PSA over. (laughs) (laughs) I have carpal tunnel and I wear a wrist brace like every day and every night. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Fun fact. So do you use like a special mouse or anything to make sure? No. Shouldn't. Oh. But I probably should be. Get this. um, It's nice. Cool. And it's actually really easy to get used to. Cool. Good to hear. <laughs> um, so that is our episode for this week. And we will see you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>